and welcome to the Essential Property Podcast with your hosts, Paul Samuda and Amanda Woodward. With 45 years of combined experience in the world of property buying, selling, investing and developing, they are here to share with you their knowledge in the Stoke-on-Trent, Newcastle-under-Lyme and Crew property market. Let's get started. In today's episode, you'll listen to me interviewing three local property investors, Karishma Davdra, Magdalene Kabruski and Alexandra Powell. Three ladies who have all left their homes to move to Stoke or Crewe for the love of property and to build a property portfolio here. They talk about why they chose their investment areas, what worked well, what didn't work and their experiences along the way. Let's listen to how between them they've purchased over £6 million worth of property and put a further £2.5 million back into the local community through their refurbishment activity. Let's head over to the full interview now. Hello ladies and welcome to the Essential Property Podcast. Great to have you all here. Hi. Hi. Hi everyone. Okay, so we have Karishma Mags and Alexandra with us today and what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand it over to these wonderful ladies to introduce themselves to you so you can get to know them and know a little bit about them and then we'll dive in with some questions for them. So Karishma over to you tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi everyone first of all just a little quick intro Um, I'm originally from down south in London and I moved to Crewe which is now my investment area and where I've built a portfolio of properties Previous to this, I was working in a corporate job in London. That was straight out of university back in 2013. After working for about a year, I decided that actually this is not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I started to look for alternative ways of supporting myself financially and potentially starting a business. I stumbled across an advert in a newspaper about some property education program and it caught my attention. I attended. And since then, which was 2014, I've built a property business and uh, started my property journey. And within the last five years, I've built a property portfolio consisting of various different strategies, which include buy-to-lets, HMOs, buy-and-sells, which are also known as flips, if some of you don't know, and small uh, proportion of commercial conversions as well. I've only had a short-lived career of five years, which has been great because most people spend a lot of time in a career and then decide to pivot and change direction. And I'm so grateful that I identified this opportunity earlier on. When I started, I didn't really have any experience of property. I had zero experience. I didn't own a property. I didn't really even have any life experience, if I'm honest, because I was pretty much a fresh graduate, come out of university looking for a job. So... Yeah, between then and now, I now can say that I'm, I'd like to say I'm a successful property investor and I've learned loads over the last five years. And I'd just like to leave you with the thought of, you know, if you put in the effort and if you put in the work, you can pretty much achieve whatever it is that you want to. Brilliant. Thank you, Krishman. Thanks for joining us today. That was a great introduction to get us to know a little bit about yourself. And we'll come back shortly with a few questions for you. So over to Mags. Mags, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Art. So, um, yes, yeah, so originally, probably, well, you could um, hear my accent. So originally, I came from Poland in 2006 and just started a typical work, you know, in the factory. So nothing exciting. However, 
What also was important for me that my parents stayed in Poland and I wanted to see them. And the current job that I was doing didn't allow me to do much of that because I always had to ask for the permission for the holidays, things like that. So obviously for me, there was a point where I was like, well, I need to change something. And then that came the idea of investing in properties because I knew that this one will allow me to achieve what I wanted. So to, you know, to spend more time with my parents and have overall, you know, the freedom and then enjoy the other things that I love to do. So, um, yes, I started um, investing in properties in 2014. First of all, I lived in Somerset and then I started investing in Stoke-on-Trent and Crewe and Newcastle-under-Lyme. So obviously, you know, investing um, from a distance but then decided to move into Stoke. And then, yeah, started building the portfolio. And then um, at some point, because I was very, very active, started getting more properties than I could buy. So also started doing the sourcing. So started helping international and UK clients to obviously to tap into those properties to help build them um, the portfolio. Um, apart from that, doing the project management for them as well. So overlooking the full refurbishment works and just making sure the, um, the properties are ready for the rentals. And this decision was the best decision, to be honest, because it allowed me um, to concentrate on other things. So for me, the fitness, it's the passion of my life. So obviously the properties gave me that freedom to follow um, my hobbies and just enjoy the well pretty much working out every day, you know, <laughs> running the marathons, ultra marathons, and then obviously traveling, which is, um, again, you know, seeing new places, discovering the roads while running as well. So yeah, that's me. Fantastic. That's a great introduction. Thank you, Mags. I remember when I met Mags uh, many years ago, and she said to me that I'm nearly going to get fired from my job because I keep checking my phone for messages from uh, estate agents. And yeah. they said, if you keep looking at your phone, we're going to fire you. And she said, well, that's great. I want to get fired anyway. <laughs> so that's good stuff. All right, over to you, Alexandra. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. So I'm Alexandra Powell. I'm originally from the coast of Athens in Greece. I moved to the UK in 2015 to pursue my passion for studying architecture. I studied in Liverpool and even during my university years, I had a bug for property development and property investment. I just didn't have the knowledge of how to do it. During my university years, I, I rented my spare room, which covered the mortgage for the flat where I was living. And I, I always knew that that was something I wanted to do in the future and I wanted to learn how. Fast forward a few years later, I was a qualified architect and my husband and I, uh, on our first date, talked about property investment and how we love taking a distressed property and completely transforming it into a beautiful home, how one day we wanted to build our own home. And we literally bonded over property. And so a few years later, we bought our own home together, we renovated it. And um, in September 2019, we went to a seminar similar as what um, Karishma was saying, um, a property seminar. And that kind of really opened our eyes to the fact that this dream could become a reality very soon for us. So we sold our house, I quit my job, and we moved to Stoke-on-Trent, which was our chosen investment area. Now, my husband has family here, so it enabled us to have access to childcare for our son, who was only one at the time. 
yeah, now we're fully established in Stoke-on-Trent. We invest in um, bungalow flips and buy-to-let properties specifically. We also run a construction company here. So we work with other property investors to renovate their houses. Great stuff. So what you would have picked up on there is that Karishma, Mags and Alexandra all made a decision at some point to leave where they were currently living. Mags initially in Poland, Alexandra in Greece. I would say that the architecture in Athens might be a little bit better than the architecture in Stoke-on-Trent. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But all took a decision to move to Stoke or Crewe which is a big move, whether you're doing it with a baby, whether you're doing it on your own, on a solo quest. But I think I think that's great. I think that's great. And what I did actually ask the ladies before the podcast was that we were going to look at, you know, what has happened over the last five, six, seven years in their time in Stoke-on-Trent. And I was blown away to calculate that between the three of them, they had purchased £6.1 million worth of investment property, either for themselves or for their clients, and had spent £2.5 million on property refurbishments, which again is huge. So that just shows the level of not just investment, but I guess commitment to investing in Stoke and Crew. You know, there's a lot of investment property and that's a lot of money that's gone in most of the time into the pockets of local businesses, you know, local sole traders, which I think is just fantastic. That's really, really good. So I'm going to go back to Karishma. I've got a couple of questions that I'm going to ask each of you. And I guess the first question is why Stoke or why Crew or why Stoke and Crew? So Karishma, what was the what was the initial decision and why did you take it? It's interesting that you asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) I might know the answer. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, well, firstly, we, well, I, I, we started this business with my partner. So we initially came to Stoke-on-Trent and we did a bulk of viewings for an auction company, which is BJB, which is a local agent. And a couple of weeks later, we stumbled across an advert on Facebook, which was being advertised by the lovely Amanda. Mm -hmm. And she was doing an orientation day in Stoke-on-Trent. And we thought, you know what, we've been there a couple of weeks ago. We loved the area. We thought the numbers, basically the numbers worked for us. Lending was a tick in the box for us because the numbers stacked. So we wanted to explore that area in a little bit more detail. So we attended your orientation day. And then since then, we decided, do you know what? This area works for us. We're going to explore it a little bit further. And then that's how it all started, really. And then we we kind of got there and then we stayed there and we didn't move. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I do actually remember that quite clearly. We used to do orientation days I kind of miss them a little bit but we just kind of stopped doing them really as we developed in our own businesses but we would we would bring investors up to Stoke and Crew and show them around talk to them about why they should invest here give them a whole bunch of tips and tools and introductions to power teams and so on Karishma booked on sort of last minute and then the next day arrived and it does work Stoke does work the numbers the numbers do work and I think that's what largely drives drives a lot of people so based on your time in Stoke um, and crew what would you say are some of the highs you know good decisions good experiences and then what were maybe some of the the lows or not so great experiences in the in the city and in the town I mean in terms of the highs I would say they're just that the numbers really work in terms of the strategy that we were adopting with when I was starting out so it ticked all the boxes and the criteria and it was also 
easily accessible from London. Yeah. So by car, yes, it was about three and a half to four hours. But on the train, I could get a, a train that was about an hour and a half from Euston. So it was more accessible for me as well um, and transportation connections. So those were the kind of positives and in terms of why we kind of stuck and I need to remember and also remind the audience that when I was building this business I was working in a, in a nine to well they call it nine to five but it's never nine to five full-time job so it, it was quite you know quite a challenge living down south investing in crew and Stoke-on-Trent and then having to commute like at least three and a half to four hours if we were driving and then by train so that was one of the positives I'd say some of the lows would be, I think, I I guess that that would also be one of the lows in terms of like having to commute, you know, it was, it was a distance, fair distance away. And we weren't able to get up to the opportunities or to the properties that were coming onto the market quick enough. And because we weren't local. So it was like, okay, well, this property's come onto the market. Can you get to the viewing? And I'm like, well, no, because I'm like four hours away. I can't get to it. And I have to get permission to get time off work before I can come. And so we had all of these, you know, different challenges that we had to kind of deal with. And in terms of like property side of challenges, I would say is initially is getting your team together, like you're finding your build team, finding that the right surveyor to work with. Because we were new to the area, finding all of these people and to build that solid team from a distance was a bit of a challenge. But once it was done, it was fine. So it's just overcoming that initial hurdle, really. Yeah. And in terms of your team, that's a really good point. So did you go for very much a local team? Obviously, your builder would be local. But in terms of any other of your sort of power team, who else did you find locally that you've worked with? So I would say pretty much... Our entire power team are local other than our solicitor. Okay. So our accountants based in Stoke-on-Trent, our surveyors based in Stoke-on-Trent, and then all, all the other relevant trades people, you know, yeah. they're all kind of either Cheshire, which is kind of like crew or surrounding areas or Stoke-on-Trent. So pretty much local. And yeah, I, most of the team was local other than the solicitor. Which I think is good because when people do come from out of the area to an investment area. And I've had a number of discussions with a number of different um, local businesses and local people. And there sometimes can be a slightly negative spin um, around people outside of the area investing in, in, whether it be, you know, taking properties away from local people or whatever it may be. But I think personally, in my experience and, and listening to yourself, it's all about really you know, adding value to what's happening locally. I mean, all your development work has gone into local businesses. And I know just having known you from your experience, you know, we, we're not pulling in nationwide contractors to do multi-million pound developments. You know, we're using local people that that are available. So I think it does add value. And same with the power team as well. So that's really good to hear. That's really good to hear. So you mentioned you started with some buy to let, but just tell us a little bit about what you've done strategy wise. And then What's the future for Karishma in Stoke and Crew? Does it stop now? What sort of deals are you sort of planning to do and, and, and so on? Um, so, yes, yeah, so we've we've done buy-to-lets and HMOs. So that's kind of how it started initially. We've decided to put like a pause on HMOs at the moment yeah. simply because we want to diversify our portfolio and have a little bit of balance in terms of what type of stock we hold within within that. So 
Now we are focusing on what I like to call bulk buying by Tillets, which is medium-sized commercial um, to resi conversions. And that's yeah. kind of what we're primarily focusing on at the moment. And it's to hold long-term. So it's not to sell for a capital profit. It's yeah. to, to hold for rental income over a, a long period of time. So that's kind of where the focus is going forward. And I guess now we're looking more at commercial buildings because it's the conversion strategy. So we're kind of pivoting slightly. That's not to say that if you know a HMO was presented to me that I would be like, no, I don't want this. But we're just kind of not actively going out looking for them at the moment. No, that makes sense. And what what is it like looking for commercial bu- buildings versus residential? Obviously, that's two very different types of buildings. So uh, do you find a lot of the buildings that you're looking for? Does Stoke and Crew have that sort of stock? Yes, they do, but they are not available on the market. So it's more about a direct-to-vendor sort of strategy where you're okay. kind of actively going around, driving around, or just buildings that you're aware of because I've been in the area for you know about five years I know which buildings have been standing there empty for that period of time so now it's time for me to go and knock on those doors and say you know I'm looking to buy do you want to sell so it's kind of a different approach in that respect. I know when I'm driving around Stoke Stoke does have quite a little bit of history so maybe you there is some more architecture there to have a look at Alexandra but Stoke does history whether it be sort of around the potteries and there are so many buildings that would be perfect for residential conversion that we've that we've just generally seen as we drive around and they're like related to the old pottery making history of Stoke that have been derelict for years and years and it would be great to see stuff like that converted whether it be to sort of affordable accommodation or whether it be sort of highly specced luxury style accommodation because there's a real cross-section I find of accommodation needs across Stoke and Crew just like any area really but you mentioned about sort of diversifying which I think is is great and after many years I know for most of us you know when you get started you get a few bytelets under your belt and it's like I want the big cash flow I've got to get myself some HMOs I want some big cash flow and then when you get to that point where your income is kind of where you want it to be it's then about stability isn't it and I know Krishma's been uh, talking to me lately more about how can I create you know sort of not necessarily a hands-off but a low hands-on for want of a better phrase portfolio so there's strategies there that you're looking at in terms of how can I have the properties and be very hands-off and let them sort of look after yourself so there's there's lots of different things that work across the towns and across the cities all right good stuff so we're going to come back with a couple of questions towards the end of the podcast Karishma so don't go anywhere but I'm going to move on to Mag's and ask you the same question, Mags. For you, why Stoke and why Crew? Basically, it was about the prices, to be honest, on the beginning. Because um, while we lived in Somerset, the prices were much higher. And then mainly, you know, um, the buy-to-let market didn't really work there properly. So, And for us, first of all, being the um, complete newbie on the beginning and then foreigners, for us, we wanted something relatively cheaper, not over a hundred thousand pounds. So for us, the price worked. It obviously ticked the box for the strategy. So we started with the buy to let. But obviously, we knew that at some point we wanted um, to move forward with well bigger, you know, more experienced strategies, you know, with the bigger cash flow, like you said, HMOs, things like that. 
So we knew that Stoke will cover those as well. So we didn't have to look when we changed the approach. We didn't have to look for the new area. We had everything in the same place. To be honest, I'm a control freak. So I like to have the control <laughs> over you know, the portfolio, over what I'm doing. So for me, it was like, yeah, I can get to the things very quickly. So yeah, it's got universities, it's got a good hospital. So the flips works really well here, which was also our part of the strategy. So yeah, so mainly, you know, mainly those things and obviously the demand, you know, so it's not only that, yeah, the numbers worked, but obviously we knew that when we create the end product, either for the tenants, we will find the tenants easily, or if we want to sell, we will have no problem with selling the houses. So that was important for us. I think that's great. I think we we found exactly the same in terms of strategy and not having to look for that other area, that second or third area. Not that that's a problem. A lot of people invest, you know, all around the country. But to have everything on the doorstep, be it buying and selling, buying and renting, social housing, we've done work with lots of different charities based in Stoke and Crewe that have struggled to acquire accommodation for their customers and we've been able to step in and provide accommodation through to selling some really nice homes so it does serve a lot of purposes but just for anyone that's listening that perhaps isn't familiar with Stoke Mags just give us an idea of some prices give us an idea of ballpark perhaps maybe a HMO in crew purchase price a buy select in Stoke and then just make a smile with your cheapest property purchase perhaps (laughs) Okay, so yeah, so buy to let. Well, in the current market, obviously, everyone wants a top price and it's sure. completely out of the roof. But a normal um, standard buy to let, normally you're looking somewhere around 60,000, 60 plus in yeah. Stoke. Obviously, different areas, you know, if you're talking about the hospital, the prices will be slightly higher. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about the HMOs, um, for example, in Crew, you're looking somewhere around 90,000, 90,000 plus. You know, from time to time, we can get um, below that. But on the general note, it's that price. In terms um, of the lowest purchase price that I got the property, it was um, 30,000. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, full, you know, full conversion. We actually got a couple for the 30,000. Um, normally we bought properties in 40s as well. So it's just like Karishma mentioned, you know, you need to get direct to vendors to get onto those opportunities, really. You won't get them from the agents, to be honest. But yeah, you know, um, yeah, we managed to, you know, to pull out some really, really low ones. And I was thinking what's probably my my lowest purchase. I think ours was about 35. So you definitely stumped me there <laughs> with the 30. So that's brilliant. It's okay. What, um, we wanted, well, the, we agreed with the vendor um, for 25,000. Oh, my but goodness. But then, yeah, solicitor um, got involved and they messed us around and they increased the price for the vendor to 30. 25 to 30. That was a good deal for the vendor, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was a great summary there of why Stoke and Crew, because, you know, we have got the university, we have got the hospital. When Stafford closed their university campus, Thousands of students then moved up to the campus in Shelton in Stoke, and that really boosted the the student market. And a lot of investment, external investment, has come into the student market in Stoke. There's a lot of purpose built stuff gone up over the last few years, uh, but there is a real mix. There's also a place in Newcastle called Sandy Lane. 
where you can buy a house for a million pounds or more. And it really, you know, Stoke Newcastle and Court Crew really do offer a broad selection. So I, I would agree with you on that one, Mags. Okay, so tell us about the highs, the lows, the ugly, the good, the bad. Give us, share some of your experience of investing here. Yeah, so obviously on the beginning, because we were still living in Somerset and we were still driving to Stoke to go to the viewing. So similar to Karishma, it was a pain because we were driving like three hours to Stoke and then three hours back to Tolton. So that was a pain, but we've done it. And then, yeah, we survived, you know, we got the deals. In terms of the properties, um, lows, well, so one was what I just mentioned with the solicitor that they messed us around and then obviously increased the purchase price, which still worked for us. But obviously, you know, it's annoying when you have to overpay by 5,000, even though the vendor, you know, gave us the price what he wanted and we agreed to this one. But I think the main one was um, our first buy to let where we bought it but um we used the mortgage and we didn't even though you hear so many times do the survey you know it didn't cross our mind to do the survey we just relied on the lender and to be honest we had quite many faults with our buy to let and we didn't lose money we still you know earned the money we still got a good cash flow and we actually still got this property now and we're just selling it off because there is too many faults and to be honest it's just not worth it so yeah so that was i would say the lowest point in you know in our investing journey so far so we were lucky with the builders, never had a problem with the builders when you hear some um, stories about the builders. So now we know we are um, on top of it. So, yeah, I would say just the buy to let that was our lower, lowest yeah. point. I hear I hear that you really do control the builders. The builders are scared <laughs> of you, Mags. They don't put a foot out of line when you're around. So that's that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I'm sure we could all come up with a story or two. Maybe not Alexandra as her builder is her husband. So that might be a slightly different story. <laughs> but I think we've all got one or two stories in that department. Um, and what, what would you say maybe a high is? What would you say was perhaps a, a really a good transaction or a property that you purchased that you thought, I'm going to hold this one forever because it's on a great road or just a good experience in, in, in the cities? To be honest, it was our flip where we got it direct to vendor we had to wait um to be honest we were negotiating it took us six months but we got it for the good price we did our due diligence and we were like okay we will sell it for 130,000 um and we will make a good profit and we we purchased this one for somewhere around 80,000 so that was a good one but when we, you know, when we refurbished, well, before the refurbishment, the estate agent told us, no, actually, you know what, we will try to sell it for 145. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, that's brilliant. And then actually, when we refurbished, we took his um, points on board. So um, did certain, you know, um, changes in the refurbishment. When he saw the finished project, um, he said, like, no, I will advertise for 155. I was wow. like, brilliant. And the first person saw it. So it was the first viewing. Um, first person saw it, offer, cash offer, and we sold it for 155 So oh, well done. Yeah. So obviously, you know, that was the, the best deal we've done. Yeah, because it was like 25,000 25, more than what we expected. <laughs> Fantastic. And who bought that out of interest? Do you know what sort of buyer that was? Was it a first-time buyer? 
I don't think I would say it was second because it was a cash purchase. So um, yeah, I I wouldn't say it was a first time buyer. I think so. It was a lady, but what we found uh, when we flipped houses in the past is that what the buyers often don't have the ability to do, perhaps not this person if they were a cash buyer, but they might not have wanted to is most people don't want to go for a grueling refurb. They don't want to buy the rundown house that might have you know more problems than they expect that they have to do a big refurb. They literally just want to buy the property, walk in, move in the sofa, and sometimes even the sofas are provided and they're in and it's done. And there's a price to that. You know, people are willing to pay for that. A strategy that I think Alexandra might talk about in terms of bungalows is a great strategy because people that are buying bungalows, they don't want to go in and do a full scale refurb. They want the whole place kitted out. Okay, so a couple of other things, Mags, and then we'll move on to Alexandra. So obviously you're working with a lot of builders locally. You yeah. said you you shared with me how much money you have spent, you know, well in excess of a million pounds in terms of local refurbishment work. Do you work with the same contractors sort of regularly? Or do you have new contractors? How does that work in terms of your local team? To be honest, we've been working with the same builders for over, well, six, seven years right now. Yeah, obviously, you know, we don't say no to the new builders. I need to make sure that the quality is high, that they can deliver on time, obviously, and that the refurbishment prices, you know, the refurbishment cost works for us and for our clients. So, yeah. but no, we 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 really built a good relationship with our existing builders, and just yeah. We understand, obviously, you know, they understand how we work, how I work, what I'm expecting. And then, you know, we understand um, how they work and then um, what they, you know, how they want to be paid, things like that. So, yeah, it's just the relationship when, you know, one side gives sometimes in and then the other receives. And then, um, you know, with the next refurbishment projects, you know, it's the other way around. So it's a good relationship that we build. That's good. And share with us a little bit about your plans going forward. So are you set to stay in Stoke? Is, you know, does Stoke have your heart? And what's the plans for you and your business? And maybe just share with us a little bit about the fact that you've got these great builder relationships and the fact that you find great deals, you've effectively merged those two and you now offer a service. So just tell us a little bit more about that and what your plans are. Yeah, so we still, so we've been doing the sourcing, as I mentioned to the um, UK and international clients. So we're still providing this one because we keep finding more and more people coming over to this area. Well, not in presence, um, they just want to invest in the UK. So this is a great um, area for them. So we're still providing that service for them. We still actively investing, so it's not like you know we sourcing everything what we find. No, we want to have our portfolio as well secured. So we still concentrating on buy to let and flips. To be honest, not as much on HMO. To be honest, but as courage must said, you know if so, if I find the property, you know that really fits that and the numbers work for me, and I've got the money, I'll I won't say no to that. Yeah. But it's not the primary, um, obviously, strategy right now. In terms of stock, no, it's not the place I would say, you know, I love it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's not that. No, I yeah. when when we came into UK, I always wanted to live in Manchester because I'm a Man United fan. Yeah. 
<laughs> so for me, football was always close to my heart and, and it still is. So at some point, probably we will move closer to Manchester to be able to um, to see the games, obviously, when it's permitted. But um, yeah, in terms of the business, yeah, it will be in Stoke, in crew. We will be concentrating still on those three areas. Okay, so we're going to move on to Alexandra and I have a few similar questions for yourself as well. And then we're going to come back at the end and I'm actually going to do a quick fire round. So just to prepare you ladies, I've got about three or four questions for each of you. where You're just going to give me the first thing that comes to mind, but we'll do that after we've had a chat with Alexandra. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you've done your introduction and tell us why it was Stoke and Crew. So I worked full-time as an architect for many years before I moved to Stoke-on-Trent. I've worked on one-off private residences and housing estates up to 200 homes. And I've worked for builders, for housing associations. So I have a wide variety of um, experience in the architectural sector, but my heart has always been in the residential market. I love taking a property and transforming it and creating a space that people really love to call home. And so I knew that that's what I always wanted to do. Even though my husband and I met down in Essex, he's originally from Stoke-on-Trent. He knows the city like the back of his hand. And I didn't have the same experience other than occasional visits. So for us, it was a huge benefit relocating to Stoke-on-Trent. The benefit was twofold. Firstly, we were closer to family. Our son has nine cousins and uh, aunts and uncles and grandparents here. So I knew it was really important for him to be surrounded by family yeah, it also gave me the support because after I left my job, the, the childcare costs were enormous. So for me, having that childcare was really, really important to enable me to quit my job. And then the other benefit, of course, was that the strategy of buy, refurbish, refinance, uh, rental properties really works in Stoke. Our experiences so far, we've bought a couple of properties around the £50,000 mark to be refinanced at the £80,000 mark. And because we do all the refurbishment in-house, we can keep the costs uh, of the renovations low while we keep the quality really high. So we always aim for a full refurbishment, back to brick, often replacing the roof, damp proofing. So we don't shy away from the big refurbs that would, as you said earlier, put a lot of people off. And so as I asked the other ladies, tell us about maybe a high and a low or anything that's gone particularly well or not so particularly well, just to give the people that are listening, a broad understanding of, of your experience. So this time last year, we attended our first live property auction and we ended up buying a property for 50000 at that auction. Uh, it was on Homes and Dathama. It was a very successful refurbishment as far as I'm concerned. I was really happy with the result considering it was our first ever investment rental property. The, te- the property was rented way above the market rent. Yeah, it, it was a really smooth experience. Um, However, the next property that we bought, which completed the week we went into lockdown back in March, ended up being a much, much bigger refurbishment than we'd anticipated. Even though we'd done a survey, it hadn't picked up some structural issues that were only revealed after we pulled off the plasterboard. So the front of the house had no lintel, so we had to put steelwork in. Literally, the the PVC windows and doors were supporting the brickwork. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you find all sorts of dodgy stuff being done to terrace houses. But, you know, we've rectified all of that. And even though it it ended up costing us more, it's still going to be a brilliant cash flowing deal and we'll have almost all our money out 
very soon after it's rented. And what sort of, are, the, are both of those been to hold the long term? Yes. Yeah, the, our strategy is to build a long-term cash flowing portfolio alongside doing renovations for flips and very specifically in the bungalow flip market. And what tenant type have you aimed the properties at? Have you tried to target a particular type of local tenants or have you? has it been quite broad? So generally, it seems to be either young couples or young working professionals who are interested in living in these properties. But our demographic for the bungalows is completely different. So we tailor the design, the layout and every decision that's been made about the refurbishment to that target audience. So our buy-to-lets would be suitable for a young family, potentially, because they tend to be two and three bed terraces. Whereas the the bungalows are two to three bed bungalows, which are obviously for uh, retiring couples, for downsizers. They often tend to be cash buyers. When it comes to purchasing the bungalows, we don't have uh, competition from first time buyers or families or even that many investors compared to the terraces. So we've managed to secure some really good prices and people are prepared to pay a premium for that full renovation, literally property ready to move in. Yeah, that's, and that's been our exact same experience in bungalows. We went through a period where we were just hunting out for bungalow properties and they've always sold very well, always, always sold very well. Uh, mm. So that's just a little tip for anyone listening. Maybe once we release a podcast next week, all the agents are going to be getting phone calls of people asking for bungalows. But I don't know what the bungalow market is like now. We haven't actually actively looked for them for a little while because our strategy has been slightly different. But is the bungalow market are you finding stock alexandra at the moment is it difficult to find the ones that need work i think there is stock available of um, dated bungalows and a, a huge benefit is that they tend to be in pretty good condition even though they need a lot of um, cosmetic work yes. because they've often only had one or two owners over the decades it's often a deceased estate so it's a family usually selling the property so we like to develop a personal relationship you know I'll go in and speak to the the vendors if possible and explain what it is we want to do to the property and because they're emotionally attached it's often the family home where they grew up they really care about who buys it and yeah. what's going to be done yeah you know we we often share our plans for the renovation with the people that we've bought the property off for yeah. us it's all about building those relationships yeah, we also want to assure the estate agents that we're going to do a really high quality refurb and they'll potentially get another sale out of the property very soon when it comes back on the market. Yeah, that's great. And that's a strategy that some people actually miss because if you can, you know, if the agent does know that you're going to resell back to them now, you don't always want to do it because sometimes they might not be, you know, a fantastic agent. But if they do know that they are going to get that sale back, then often you know, it does help a little bit with the negotiations. And the new buyers love walking into a freshly renovated bungalow. I remember asking an estate agent once, you know, do you think we should put in a gas fire or an electric fire in the lounge? Because that was really important. She said, oh, no, you must put in a gas fire. You know, the, the, the buyers are always asking, has it got a gas hob? Has it got a gas fire? Don't make it too sort of you know, flush and electrical. So you'd obviously just take the advice of the local, you know, the local agents and the local people. So that's that's a really good share there. Now, obviously, you're investing locally, you're buying properties locally, you're using local suppliers for your kitchens and bathrooms and so on, no doubt. So the local economy is getting impacted by what you're doing. But I know you're also doing some other stuff locally in terms of 
sort of giving back to the community and a little bit of charity work. So why don't we just for a moment hear a little bit about what you're doing and hopefully other people listening might want to get involved in that too. So when we first set up our business a couple of years ago, we set out our business values. And one of those values is contribution. So we've partnered up with a local charity called the Alice Charity based in Newcastle under Lyme that supports disadvantaged and vulnerable families. So we're working with them um, in any capacity that we can. We're trying to be creative with the way that we work. So it's not just about making regular donations, but it's also encouraging people. So that we work with to um, donate and uh, support the charity as well. So we'll be taking part in all sorts of fundraising events. We'll be volunteering our time as a construction business to help them with um, their new premises or if if there's anything that they need. But yeah, we, we think it's important to give back and create this kind of network as well. So it's it's always a win-win. No, I mean, that sounds great. And we'd love to hear more details on that. Because as you mentioned before, if you can get a group of people that are all buying into the same vision, because, you know, we, we come to an investment area and obviously the local economy benefits in terms of what we do here. But naturally, as investors and business owners, we are also benefiting from, from the location. So to have a opportunity or to have a vehicle to be able to give a little bit more back I think it's great so I'm really looking forward to hearing a little bit a little bit more about that so I think it's fair to say that you are probably the newest out of the four of us in terms of starting your investment journey in Stoke and Crew so I'm sure you have big goals and dreams and plans so what what does business look like going forward for you? So as a construction company, we just want to continue working on renovation and extension projects across all the strategies. So far, we've worked on large HMOs and serviced accommodation in Stoke-on-Trent, obviously buy-to-lets and flips. So we want to continue and gradually move into doing larger and more projects. But as investors ourselves, we want to grow the buy-to-let portfolio. It sounds boring to a lot of people, but to us, it's a solid foundation that we want to build our cash flow on. I know there will always be rental demand in Stoke-on-Trent, and there's a huge supply of um, distressed stock that we can renovate. And our real purpose as a business and as landlords is to raise the standard of accommodation across the city. Because we sold our house in Essex, we were looking for a rented property ourselves. So the house I'm in at the moment is a rental. So I'm a tenant as well as well as a landlord. And I was absolutely shocked by what estate agents thought was acceptable accommodation. Um, it, it was really tricky for us. And that was a light bulb moment where I thought, you know, what we all collectively do is really, really important. And Unless we all work together to raise the standard, it's not going to change. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I'm sure Karishma and Mags would agree with that as well. You know, all of our developments are, you know, the nicest house on the street, whether we're selling it or renting it, we're always doing it to the highest standard. And then, you know, consistently maintaining the buildings as well, because there's nothing worse than a landlord who bought a property 30 years ago. And there are many of them in Stoke-on-Trent who haven't maintained their buildings and haven't renovated them and there's all sorts of regulation and laws and you know fit for human habitation legislation coming in to make sure that minimum standards are met but I know that uh, us as a collective um, are raising the bar and I think that's really important I know Karishma is doing a development at the moment I love your bulk buying buy to let strategy Karishma I think that's just 
I think effectively that's what we want. We all want to own, you know, a large portfolio of simple properties. Yeah, because some of the cash flow does come from the high, the more complicated or more hands-on strategies. But I think if we can have, you know, a large portfolio, like you said, Alexandra, or, or of the basic stuff and hold that for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, I think we'll all be uh, smiling for sure. And, you know, Stoke on Trent and Crew do have some goals for their own cities and towns when you read up on their local development plans and you listen in whether it be from a political aspect or from an infrastructure aspect. I mean, the face of Hanley is changing. We hope we still, and I know this is quite a, uh, it does divide people, I guess, but the the, the the HS2 arrival in crew, the will it or won't it, it does seem to be going in the right direction and all the properties around that train station area that are going to be impacted. So, I'm certainly confident in Stoke and Crew. We're still going to be here for the long term. It sounds like most of you ladies also have desires. If we can prize Mags out of her Manchester United fan club to find some deals for for us in in, in Stoke, but um, I think you know it, it, it's all positive. It's all positive in terms of the area. Okay, so we're sort of coming towards uh, the end of the episode today, which I've really enjoyed. It's been great to have you ladies on. What I'd like to do, I've got a few quick fire questions that I'm just going to throw at you effectively. And I just want you to give me the first answer that comes to mind. They're going to be multiple choice. So I'm going to kick off with Karishma. And I'm going to say, Karishma, HMO or developments? Oh, development. (laughs) All all day long. All day long. Okay. Angel investors or JV partners? Angel investors. Angel investors. Okay. Uh, Property life or corporate life? Property life. (laughs) And the last one, England or Wales? England. Okay, fine. Now, I'll I'll leave you guys to talk to Karishma directly about that, but she's straddling some investments, both uh, English side and, and Welsh side as well. So that's good stuff. Okay. So Mags, Stoke or Crew? Um, Stoke. Stoke. Self-manage or letting agent? Oh, definitely letting agent. Okay. Somerset or Stoke? Somerset. <laughs> oh, okay. And this is a hard one for you guys to think about this one, Mags. <laughs> Property investment or fitness? Fitness. <laughs> and some of you can uh, connect with Mags directly with regards to her fitness journey. I messaged Mags the other day and she said she's just come back from... A 50 kilometer run was that right something it was, like that no it was almost 38 kilometers but yeah but I'm doing the 50 miler so yeah so she's training for a 50 mile run I mean look 50 steps up the stairs and I'm like out of breath so great for you to do that okay Alexandra buy to let or flips buy to let <laughs> property or architecture property property so Athens or Stoke <laughs> oh that's a hard one Athens Athens yeah okay I think we'd probably all agree with that one ladies it's been an absolute pleasure I don't want to leave without you just letting anyone that's listening know how to contact you directly be it on a personal or or business level so Karishma how's best for you um I'm most um easily accessible on Instagram and my handle is Karishma Davdra underscore property Okay, Karishma Davdra underscore property. And we'll make sure that that's in the show notes as well. So that's great. Mags, how's best to get in contact with you? On Instagram as well, which is Max Lethko Property. Mags Lethko Property. Fantastic. Again, we'll put it in the show notes. And lastly, Alexandra, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Instagram for me too. It's Powell underscore properties. 
fantastic all instagram fans how the world has changed all right good stuff ladies it's been an absolute pleasure i hope you've enjoyed it i certainly have i hope the listeners found value as well and i will speak to you guys again very soon thank you very much thank you thank you thank you bye we hope you enjoyed today's episode and if so please hit subscribe and share with those who you think would enjoy it too To get in touch with Paul and Amanda directly, please visit their website www.essentialpropertyoptions.co.uk for more information. We look forward to sharing with you on the next episode.